0: And give me a, you- Welcome in. Episode 12 is live. We have Ethan Hartley, the one and only Wayne Diesel. Oh. Podcast side piece, Deontay Salim, will be here in a minute. <laughs> Philadelphia versus Atlanta over Ethan Hartley. Unbiased 76ers fan. How did this game, two, go down?
1: There's still things that I think need to be fixed i mean atlanta did lead by one point and then shake Milton comes in the game and just abominates this team but it's it's better to see that simmons is is guarding Trey young i think that was something that needed to happen from the start I, I don't know why doc rivers chose to put danny greed on him but you know obviously a win is a win i'll take it they'll go into atlanta obviously atlanta now has a chip on their shoulder if they haven't had one all year, especially after what happened in New York. I would like to see Ben be more aggressive. I don't think it ta- I don't think it really takes and beat 40 points to win a game by like 10 plus. I think if everyone else gets more involved, especially Danny Green, Danny Green needs to shoot the ball better. The bench was looking awful at one point. That first half bench production, that's about as worse that it. Worst as it can get for everybody involved. So, yeah. Those are my unbiased thoughts.
0: Wayne, the 76ers came back. Didn't seem like with a vengeance at first, but they did come out on top. What adjustments did you like that they made game two?
2: I'll be honest. I didn't – I was on the road. Monday, the uh, Sunday. So I didn't, I didn't see any of Game One. Just for full disclosure, I didn't. I tried to follow the score, but I was driving, so I, I couldn't watch it. So I didn't see any of I just know Atlanta was up twenty at one point, and then they won by four. That's that's all I saw. I didn't see anything. But in Game Two, I got home and I saw like what the second half. So, but but I've seen Atlanta play and I've seen Philly play a lot. I've seen them both play a lot, and the keys. I know is Trey Young is the key. He's the best player, but he's not the most important. So if you, I'll, I'll, you stop Trey Young, everything else goes away. But he's always looking for everybody else. You see, what I mean, because how how Trey played last year and how he plays this year is totally different. Because he did a whole he he was jacking a whole lot of shots, putting up a whole lot of shots. Now I realize, hey, you know, it's four other people out here, and they can shoot pretty damn good too. So now he's starting to play with his head on the swivel. So what I'm seeing now, if you play those passing lanes and make, make Trey beat you, because he's always looking to make a pass now because he doesn't want to do it himself, and nor should he. No good point guard is going to try to do everything himself. That's what some of the that's what some of the Russell struggles with that a lot. He tries to do everything himself. So Trey's always looking. So if you kind of play off ball a little bit, because he's coming down here. Like the idea of Trey just shooting, 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 he does shoot a lot, but he's trying to draw the foul. you hot day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, sorry about that. Caught that. Ooh, that boy still got it. But, anyway, uh, yeah. So, the idea of – I think you play those passing lanes, play off them a little bit and try to keep the ball away from those shooters like the Bogdanovich, the Gallin, Nares, You know, well, Clint Capella is more of a rim runner, and, and especially John Collins. And I think they adapt with that well. And Philly has a lot of sides to deal with. It. They got three people you could put in the defensive of the year conversation. That's rare. They got Ben Simmons. We know what he is. Thaboona came to life, and Joel Embiid ain't no scrub either. So you got three, and you got Danny Green, and who's still a good. He can sit in the chair for a little bit at least. So when you got four guys that can play, and by the way, you got Dwight Howard coming off the bench. You know that's 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 tough to deal with if you're going against that. So from an adjustment standpoint, uh, Philly can do a lot against Atlanta.
1: Yeah, the big thing I think is also defending the three-point line. You know, they did it well first quarter. They were up 20-4, to and I think it maybe even got bigger than that. But all of a sudden, Bogdanovich and Gallin-Arvin, where they're in, and they're just banging threes left and right. So that's the big thing, and that's what Atlanta really likes to rely on, and that's something that – Philadelphia is going to have to clean up, and you know they have the pieces to do it, as Wayne just mentioned. Simmons uh, Atlanta's not going to
2: win another game this series. I agree this they Philly's about to win four straight. Atlanta, it's been cool. Thanks for playing. Congratulations, y'all are pretty good. Okay, fine. The 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 book stops here.
0: Yeah, I would have said the same thing. I think that the Hawks this series are similar to. The Grizzlies against the Jazz round one. Yeah, you know, they snuck away with game one. John Morant is a rock star in his own right. Trey Young has had a similar effect on his reputation and perception around the league, how he's played so far in this playoffs, but they are just not where they need to be, which isn't a bad thing. You know, they shouldn't have even been a playoff team come mid-season. Then Nate McMillan takes over a whole different team but they're just not they're just not at the level of Philadelphia. They're going to Philadelphia's going to get it right. They're going to easily make it into the Eastern Conference finals and then from there we'll see. Brooklyn looks incredible. They finally got some people into Barclays. I don't know how much they had to pay them to do that. But Milwaukee it, it's like they dominated Miami. And we're like, oh, this is Giannis's year. And then he goes to Brooklyn for a couple of games. And no, it, maybe it's not. Wayne, do you think Milwaukee has any sort of chance, or is Brooklyn just too good?
2: Man, listen. I had Milwaukee win it at all. I had the Bucks win the championship. I thought, I, look, I told you there's a difference between flashy teams and tough teams. And Milwaukee checked all the tough boxes. They got their superstar in Giannis. They got a supporting cast. They got a good coach. They got depth. They got all this. And they healthy. Well, up until like, what, two weeks ago, they was healthy. Now, the bench in shows gone. So before that, they were fine. So they were good. So, and it, it was lining up. And I'm not really – here's why I was sold on – not sold on the Nets. Because there's so many reasons why – to me it was glaring why they, they shouldn't be the favorite coming out the East. I had them not coming out the East. I thought Philly was better, and we'll see. And I thought Milwaukee was better. I thought, I thought both of those teams were better than the Nets. Because the Nets, they lack a lot of size down low. They got defensive issues. They had health problems all year. They hadn't even playing together. And then, you know, Kyrie was, you know, taking games off and, you know, but, you know, even these mental breaks and that's fine, you know, whatever, I ain't going to get into it. But, you know, he really wasn't serious about it. And then he had, you know, came out with this thing, you know, I don't, you know, basketball ain't really that serious to me. It's cool. But, you know, it's not the end all the be all. And you had KD who's just, you know, you know he only liked the media like that. I mean, he's kind of it up now, but at the time, they was just between the media, the injuries, defensive stuff. It was top heavy with the big three. I wasn't sure what I was gonna get with Blake Griffin and the whole cast, so I just wasn't sold. I was not, and I didn't think I. I, just, I but man, when the rubber meet the road, they turned into another gear. KD is hotter than fish grease on a July afternoon. Kyrie been watching Uncle Drew and he got game all weekend. James Harden ain't playing, which is even scarier. Blake Griffin think it's 2010 all of a sudden. And the supporting cast has shown up. I'm like, wait a damn minute. So despite all that, the talent just supersedes everything. So I'm not sure that I think this is, look, this is the 83 Celt- Sixers. This is the 86 Celtics. This is the 2001 Lakers, the uh, 96 Bulls, 2018 Warriors, the 05 Spurs, 06, whatever that year was, where they that dynasty run where they won like all them. This is destiny's ride, and we're just here for the watch. It's going to take an act of God and 12 disciples to, to,
0: to beat this team in seven games. Ethan, before you go, I do just want to say one thing. is This is a sports podcast. I do that. I want to stick to its roots. Does fish grease get hotter in July or something just because it's, like, warm out? Man, let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. See, Please? I'm from Please. Alabama down
2: south where it's hot. You know what it's like on a summer day in July in Alabama? No, sir. You know, here's what it's like. You take a shower with mm-hmm. your clothes on, yes. get out the shower, and go outside. Welcome to Alabama, Sports Wave. That's what it feel like. Now, you combine that feeling on top of the fact you over there over some hot-ass fish grease. And you put that feeling, guess what you got, ladies and gentlemen? You got Kevin Durant, hot as hell. That's what you got. You got humidity, heat. On top of sun heat, summer heat, and you got grease heat.
0: Like, what temperature are we looking at? Like, 300?
2: You looking at 219 degrees.
0: Exactly. Like, precisely?
2: Possibly 17, depending on what time of
0: day it is. Okay. I understand. Yeah, that's pretty hot.
2: You damn right it's hot.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, that's hotter than the average shower, for sure. Um, I mean, I've never personally bathed with all of my clothes on. I've left, you know, articles on here and there. But I can imagine, you know, that's probably how KD feels. That's exactly how I feel. And he's showing
1: it. Wow. Yeah. On the other side... I, I still don't know how to gauge this Brooklyn team. I, that's the bottom line. Milwaukee's playing like garbage. Chris, Chris Middleton looking like his days in Detroit. If they even existed. It's, I mean, Drew Holiday does this thing, but you know, it's, it's not up there enough. It's, it's, it's still hard to gauge how good exactly Brooklyn is is. Cause also James Harden isn't playing like, how is this team going to match up with anybody in the West yet? I mean, we, we just don't know. I feel like, and they haven't, I mean, we thought Milwaukee was going to be a good team. I thought Milwaukee was going to be a good team. I also picked M- Milwaukee to win. I picked them to win in seven. And we're just not seeing it. And I think there's still this question mark on what Brooklyn can be when they put all their eggs in one basket and just go full steam with offense.
2: It's going to be re-damn ridiculous is what it's getting ready to be. That's exactly what it's going to be. Look, and I get why you picked Milwaukee. I did this. Here's what's happened with Milwaukee. Mentally, they have been defeated because what the Bucks have done—I mean, what the Nets have done—they have successfully taken the Bucks out of their comfort zone. Because number one, you can't just outshoot this team. You cannot. What you're not going to do is outscore Brooklyn. I don't care who you have. Giannis, for him, to, the, the for him to beat this Nets team, he's going to have to be something he's not. He's going to have to be a jump shooter. A pick and pop, high screen and roll type of guy, and that's not him. You know what I mean? Because he's been he's been look driving down, and he he's great at taking it to the rim. But we've seen this. We've seen this with all the greats, whether it be uh, Jordan, Kobe, Westbrook, George Gert, whoever, any anybody with that with depending on athleticism, Vince Carter. People like that. We taking you, we keeping your ass on the floor. And guess what they do? They develop the jump shot. Jordan developed a nice jump shot. Kobe developed a nice jump shot. LeBron was another one. He developed a nice jump shot. Vince Carter stayed in the league because of his jump shot. Blake Griffin, another one. Although it was injuries that kind of messed him up. But, you know, he developed a jump shot. And until Giannis develops a jump shot, he's going to have the same problem. Because he can can score, but he can only do it one way. So until he takes that next level, they're only getting so far. And maybe they would have gotten a little farther, but, you know, this next team exists in 2021. So what they've done, they're they're defeated. Because there's not an adjustment they can make that's going to counteract the scoring. There's nothing that can be done. There's that there's nothing they can do. So and, he, and we saw that with Boone Hose. He's on the bench and he just sitting there looking. Man, what do I do? Giannis has been mentally defeated. Drew Holiday knows there's nothing he can do. He can't do anything with Kyrie. And by the way, James Hart's not even playing. There is nothing that can be done. They just got to sit there and deal with it. Now, what I want to see from Giannis, Giannis, let me holler at you real quick. Can I talk to Giannis real quick? Uh, absolutely, sir. Giannis, you are my favorite player in the league, sir. I got a lot of favorite players. I like, I like Carmelo for a long time. That's the reason why I started pulling for the Knicks. You know, I like Carmelo, you know, how I found Big Ball brand. LeBron, cool. But Giannis is my favorite guy. Now, Giannis, I understand you are outmatched. I understand there's obstacles in front of you. I understand if you feel like this is a task too tall for you or anybody else to take care of. I get all of that. I understand you know there's limitations to your game. I get that. But if you're going to go out, you got to go out swinging. You got to go out slamming, jamming, hitting them in the face. I'm talking about. Put your foot on their throat and you do not let go till the eyes roll in the back of their head. You are still 6'11. I know one guy can't beat a team. I know you can't outscore Brooklyn by yourself. I understand that, but you got to give it everything you got with all your heart and your soul. Look at Damian Lillard. Nobody burns up Damian because he gives it everything he got. But all the criticism Westbrook gets. Westbrook, he's out every year in the playoffs, gives it everything he has. But when you lose, what happens? It's six points here, nine points there, defeat, sad, puppy dog, eyes, face. No, sir, that is not how you go out. You got to go out like uh, Queen Latifah and set it off. You got to go out guns blazing. You got to go out with authority, with vengeance. You got to let them know that, hey, you might beat us. You may be a better team, but you will remember the day you played Giannis, a two time MVP and a defensive player of the year. You got to remind them of that. You got to put your foot on this game. Even if you can't beat them, that's okay. But you let them know that they played you and they felt
0: it. Couple of things real quick. One, ready to run through a wall right now. Two, I'm not familiar with the film you referenced. Three, if you are listening on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, all of our many platforms, podcast side piece Deontay Salim has joined us. And I-, I mean, I, Giannis needs to step it up. You're absolutely right. I do want to switch now to the Suns and Nuggets. Suns taking game one. Deontay, you have graced us with your presence. How did game one go?
3: Um, it went how I wanted it to personally, um, because you know I'm personally rooting for the Suns. i rooted rooting for Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Um, this is it, it went kind of how I expected. You just look at the overall teams and you just look. When Denver is healthy, they're potentially a better team than Phoenix. But without guys like Jamal Murray, Will Barn, et cetera, they're just not as good as, as Phoenix. I mean, you saw, if you look at, at the way that Phoenix played, it wasn't just one guy killing you. It was a whole collective group. Like, you know, it wasn't like one guy taking 30 shots, like everybody got a good amount of shots and it was a real great team team effort. And one thing that's underrated that I've been, you know, harping on for a while, Phoenix having fans back, well, just the overall NBA having fans back is, you know, really bringing back that, you know, that home court advantage. I mean, we saw last year, in the playoffs, in the bubble, home court advantage meant nothing. It's just who came out, who was tougher, and, you know, who was the better team. So when you have, you know, that crowd behind you, you know, 15,000 people, you know, screaming everybody's name and just yelling, it's going to have an advantage for the home team. So that's what the, that you know, rivalry took from the game last night.
1: Yeah. In the first series with – Portland, they could kind of run with Austin Rivers and Compazzo so far just because nobody on Portland could guard Michael Porter Jr. Yusuf Nurkic was doing a half-average job to contain Jokic. And now you're facing a Phoenix Suns team that's obviously healthier, and they have the pieces to cover what denver couldn't or excuse me what portland couldn't do in the first round deandre Ayton's bringing it more against jokic he's obviously going to get his but in hustle and defense you have to do what you can and i mean there no one's going to guard devin booker on the, the other side it didn't happen in the lakers series and it's not happening now I do expect Phoenix to close this out in probably six games. It might be seven if, you know, there's a cold night. But, yeah, this is kind of going how I expect it to.
0: Wayne, if you have caught your breath, I would like your input.
2: <laughs> um, the Suns have something that every team should have. They got confidence because they beat the Lakers. Because a lot, a lot of people didn't think Phoenix was getting out the first round, and maybe the Suns thought they could, but they were pretty much counted out. Everybody had, you know, oh, well, you know, it's just game one and Lakers. But nevertheless, they beat the Lakers. And so, oh, we beat the Lakers? And at the time, you know, the Clippers – well, I had the Clippers coming out the West anyway. I still do. But, oh, man, if we can beat the Lakers and LeBron, we can beat anybody. And we going against Denver? I'm sorry. We, We have a Hall of Fame point guard in Chris Paul and Devin pressure cook a booker they do not. <laughs> so we what we getting ready to do we getting ready to get out of here and act a fool he broke we just better than
0: y'all
3: he broke steven he broke it. oh
0: man how hot could a uh, pressure cooker booker get on a july afternoon in alabama with fish oil in them
2: how hot can pressure cook a booker get <laughs> he can't get fish grease hot that's reserved but you know what he can get kings for charcoal or charcoal barbecue hot
0: not peanut oil hot
2: no not peanut oil it don't get hot like that charcoal because you can't you can't even stand in front of the grill with that charcoal you gotta stand to the side because you you let off your hood and the heat gets all in your face and you can't you can't sit there in front of it. remember pressure cooker booker gave us (laughs) 70 before (laughs)
3: he's breaking them
0: you uh (laughs) you ever try wood pellets Wayne like those are pretty big with like the Traeger grills and the egg ones you ever you ever mess with those
2: I haven't cooked
0: with it but I've I've had I've had some uh some burgers that's been cooked with it
2: yeah I I have slow and slow
0: that's the way to go they got like applewood ones and you know nice varieties really I hear if you mix and match them it's quite nice nice flavor palette well, you know what? We might see them wood chips in game two because this
2: going they're going to pick up right where they left off. In the hey, valley dude. of the sun, they barbecue in all varieties using propane, charcoal, wood chips, bonfires. bonfires. They, it might, you might see some fish grease out there. We might. You never know. And all of a sudden, Chris Paul, that shoulder looked pretty damn good, y'all. He may have been playing with a prosthetic in round one, but that bad boy now,
0: he' ready. Yeah, you put some some wood pellets, a little uh, lighter fluid, in a pressure cooker book, or you get a Devin bomb. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I don't want to talk about the Clippers and the Jazz. The Jazz are going to win in six, and they're going to retire those incredible City Edition uniforms and style. Who's going to win in six? Utah. Win what? Um, they might one win thing, thing
2: one. One diesel. They're gonna win against the Clippers?
0: In six games, yes, sir.
2: With Kawhi and Paul George and
0: Rondo oh. or Reggie Jackson, them? I could have said five. I wouldn't mean it. I mean six. You don't mean six either.
3: No, I, I I feel more confident in six than five. So I I'd have to say I I can see Utah giving them it's it's just a matter of is 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 Paul George gonna man up? Because, you know, we saw him, he stunk up at the joint in round one. And, you know, we saw what, you know, we all know what Kawhi can do. Kawhi is the top five player in basketball. We know what he can do. And we've clearly seen that Ty Lue can make the adjustments when necessary. But at the same time, Dallas was nowhere near the same defensive team as Utah. So that's going to be a daunting task. So I feel like, you know, the, the, a real X factor in this is Paul George because we've seen you know, people called him pandemic P PG thirteen percent. I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get out of <laughs> that's him.
0: That's a so. good. That's a good one. I never heard that one before.
3: Yeah, it's I just heard
0: like Denny, that. was good.
3: It's just like you don't know what you're going to get out of him. I mean, if, if he plays like, you know, half of you know at least half of Paul Jones that that we know, I I definitely feel like the Clippers can come out. You know, come out this series because they have the the better talent. It's just a matter of can that talent. Especially a uh, Paul George really step up, and you know,
2: oh, the Clippers coming out, of they, they coming out this, they're coming out, they're coming out
3: the West, right? Mm-hmm. The West, okay, they're not
0: making
2: it out of
3: Utah. I mean, I mean, we barely saw them make it out of Dallas. Like I said, I was, you know, smoking that at Clippers pack, you know, that when, was a bad matchup. No, nah, that's you that, oh, this the is,
0: number one overall seed. That's a bad I mean, matchup.
3: I mean, I wouldn't even necessarily say it just boils down to a bad matchup, but I mean. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's literally just Luca, And you can't stop Luca. then, you know, it's, I mean, well, if, I don't know, the, the Clippers scare me because it's like, every time I, I, I have confidence in them, they let me down. And like, every time I like sell my stock on them, you know, Kuala goes off for 45 points on like 66% shooting. So, I mean, I, I, I just truly, truly don't know what I'm going to get from them. So I, I, I'm rooting for them. But they have to prove prove. – I'd rather I, – I want them to prove me wrong because I'm doubting them considerably right now.
1: Yeah, I came on here last week and I said Dallas was going to pull away just because they were the best player in the series. I was wrong, and I'm still going to go against the Clippers. It's just top to bottom. It's a huge cu- cultural issue. It's, it's the same crap every year, and you're not going to shake it until – you sell the entire team. And as long as they continue to run with it, at some point it's going to fade out. They barely escaped the series. And Utah is just better top to bottom. the might be six games.
0: Uh-oh, Wayne Diesel's about to unload a pressure cooker. Booker, go ahead.
3: And fire oh, sure. some wood pellets. So,
0: so...
2: Y'all really sold on the jazz. come I, Just coming out. Of it's, okay. It's
0: school. not even that we're like sold on the jazz. The Clippers give us no reason to believe in them. And Ty Lu is like, not the guy. Ty Lu is like an above average coach. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is like, yeah, great. Uh, Paul George, kind of bad. Reggie Jackson, once his glasses are fogged up in that dense Utah air, it's over. Oh, wait, oh Rondo oh, oh. just gets mad at everybody.
3: Oh, okay. Wait, wait. So I, just let me get just a quick thought from somebody who who I feel like true has gotten a whole year of knowing what he is, Ethan. What's your take on Doc Rivers, from from what you've seen from him this this whole whole season?
1: I like him. I think he's much better than Brett Brown. I mean, I I understand all the stuff coming in and oh, blowing three one leads.
0: Everyone's better than Brett Brown. I, uh, I would have to agree with that.
1: Uh,
0: I mean, he's no like Coach of the Year Tom Thibodeau, but you know. So Welcome,
1: Tom. I'd say so, he's above average.
3: So, okay. So the one thing I feel like Ty Lue does better than Doc, Doc Rivers, he makes adjustments. Okay. Um, it's Um, I just, I just, cause, cause you, you just saw him, one
1: tonight. You well, just I saw mean, an insane adjustment tonight. He put in shake mill instead of Tyrese Maxey and he dropped 14 points. And that essentially changed the entire game.
3: Okay. Well, I'll say I was at work. I didn't watch the game. So, you know, okay. give, you know, give me a break okay. there, but just, just from what I've seen, I mean, I mean, we saw, you know, to start off the series, you saw the Clippers were heavily leading on like guys like Rondo and and Zubak. And then once the series started started going on, you know, you saw those guys minutes diminish. So I I clearly see he has the ability to, you know, make, make adjustments. It's just, once again, it's just a matter of can the players that, you know, that he really count on and he feels like it's a good matchup, can they come out and really give them what they need? But at the same time, it's, it's it's still the the damn clippers and like I love Kawhi, but it's just something about them that's just I, I I love Kawhi. It's just something about that damn team that I, I just can't get behind and they always let me down. I I don't I don't it's, know.
1: It's everybody as a whole. Like you're 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 not gonna shake all the crap from last year, you're not gonna shake being down too well after purposefully losing a couple of games just to think you're going to get a better matchup per se. It's, it's top to bottom.
3: Smooth, move to Seattle. Okay. God damn, just you you know what, Seattle. you
2: know, you know why y'all are struggling to have a hard time trying to figure out the Clippers.
0: Cause they can't figure themselves out. So how because <laughs> the best
2: player is the best player is Kawhi. And, and I ain't gonna say that's the problem, but there lies the problem. Cause we don't. Kawhi is a different kind of guy. See, typically what we see with teams over the course of history, from the '80s all the way to today, you bet. You typically take the your uh, personality of your best player. You see what I'm saying? Like, for example, take take Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan and Bulls. You know they were tough. You know Isaiah Thomas. Well, you know Detroit Pistons. Isaiah Thomas. You know those teams were tough. Magic Johnson, Showtime Laker, Magic with smile, big personality, and that team is the same way, Showtime. You see what I'm saying? You take uh, Ben Wallace or Chauncey, whoever you take, they were all – all of them were the same. You know, it was a blue-collar team. You see what I mean? You take a team like that, and you take a team like LeBron is, you know, usually the ones that win, you know, veteran, leadership, focus, eyes on the prize. Kawhi is just kind of a weird guy because he's not a leader, but he's the leader, so – some days he seems engaged, some days he's not. That's why when you see Ka- Kawhi, when he seems really locked in, the Clippers look like the best team ever. But then if Kawhi just kind of, you know, cool, whatever, it's just game three, don't make a difference. You know, they may win, they may not. You know, it, it took them being down 0-2, like, oh, snap. We can get put out if we don't stop. So they just kind of woke up. They just kind of wake themselves up. Because Kawhi, I don't know if he's always engaged. But when is engaged, you're talking about top five. I feel like Kawhi's a top two player when when he really wants to be. The problem is he doesn't always want to be that. And that's why I don't have the Clippers winning it all, all together because Kawhi's not engaged all the time. And whereas, you know, your LeBron's well, I guess LeBron's not in this picture. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You know, your KDs are engaged all the time. You know what I mean? Your uh Chris Paul's are engaged all the time. You know what I mean? For sake of conversation, I don't think they're going to beat the Suns. But, you know, the Jokers are engaged all the time. You see what I mean? Kawhi is you know, kind of here and there, here and there. But they have enough talent, talent alone, they can get out the West. Absolutely. So that's what it is. You take – your team takes the identity of your leader. And Kawhi is the leader regardless if you like him or not. I don't like him as a, a leader, per se, because I like my guys a little more vocal. But, nevertheless, he's a leader, and they've taken that identity. You understand what I'm saying?
3: Y'all see what I'm saying? So
2: that's why the Clippers look so, you know, high and dry, hit and miss sometimes.
3: So I can so the best the best way I can describe it, um, it's it's like Kawhi. He has the personality of a. I mean, he has the talent of a one, but he has the person the you know the personality to be you know kind of just that that backup star star player at role player. Um, even I don't know what to make of Paul George. He's goofy and then you look at guys like like rondo you know he's kind of you know i guess he's been called called a flake you know on numerous occasions in, you know in chicago and then you know in dallas so he's not really a i guess you wouldn't call him a leader and then it's it's they don't really have like i said they don't have a true leader i mean you saw when Kawhi was in san antonio they had guys like like duncan parker Ginobili etc and then when he when he was in toronto you know he had like kyle lowry and they kind of had that underdog mindset. Now they just have a bunch of talent, but they don't really have an identity. So I, I definitely agree. You know, they they just don't I just don't know what to make of them. I love
2: why it was best when he had a, a culture around him. Like with the Spurs, the Spurs, they already had that culture, you know, with Manu, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Pop. That was already a culture. So he just kind of grew up in that. The Raptors, that team was pretty much together already. So they already had like a culture. You uh, know what I I'm saying? Wanna... But
1: the what? what you could say I, the, I, that... the culture was shaken up when they traded for Kawhi. Well, that yeah, uh, yeah, that's a window. huge
2: piece. They got rid of DeMar and they had you know because they traded for him, they did that, they, so it was a huge piece. So it, it shook up, but there was already like we knew the leader was Kyle Lowry, and they had been yeah. going to the Eastern Finals every year, so they knew what they were, they knew what they could be, they knew what they were trying to do. The foundation was already set, whereas this Clippers team it was pretty much. Ground up because Kawhi signed there, and then they traded everything for Paul George, so it was a totally new team. You see, I mean that outside of the Demar Derozan trade, the, the Raptors were pretty much already there. It was just a, a trade hit, hit missing there. The Spurs were already, you know, solidified. That Clippers team was it's a it was a whole new team, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, except for except for Doc, Doc Rivers' silly ass.
2: Well, yeah, except for Doc. And I still think Doc was
0: scapegoated, but. No, He was.
2: And,
3: and after yeah, that game is up, three and one over, and making team dinners, and the game ain't even over yet. All right, we're gonna bring that up every time now. Uh, <laughs> can I? Can I? Can I? Can I curse here? Just, just for uh, no. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. We only
0: got like thirty seconds left though, but yeah.
3: Fucking go goofy ass, ass bald head Doc Rivers. What are you making dinners for? when game ain't even over you... You fucking idiot. Can't stand that guy, man.
0: Yeah, all God. right. So cool. You hear that Doc Rivers, the Wizards fan, doesn't agree with what you're doing. Nice. Hey, hey, we both we both lost in five. Hey, coach of the year, most improved, nominated for sixth man of the year, gonna get Kawhi. That's fine. Speaking of things getting that are new, SportsWave has a brand new football podcast later this week, sideline to sideline. Some of the best minds that we have involved: Bryce Martino, football analyst on Instagram X, of course. Yeston Harris, Chris Mullen, Andrew toledo Chris Mullins.
3: That's his name. You didn't know that, Chris Mullins?
0: No, 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 no. not not that. Cr- no, no, this one's like way younger, smarter though. Oh, it's
2: another guy. Just the name, Chris Mullins. Just, Okay, I was
0: thinking about the the warrior
2: run TMC I I was like what
0: (laughs) anyways we got we had a great interview yesterday with Drew Stoltz of the Golf Subpar podcast we got a great interview tomorrow with Bill Pito of the MSG network a lot of good things in the works Wayne and I got a podcast on his on Friday Ethan's got a great UFC preview article (laughs) coming out later